0: Good morning. All right. Big question here at the outset. What comes first? Uh, And we'll get to the specifics of the coronavirus vaccine here in a moment. But the issue is this, trying to convince people uh, of the necessity and the desirability of getting a shot. In this case, they may not want to take. What do I need first, the information to communicate or the ability to communicate? Well, I think the
1: ability to communicate is really important One of the biggest things that comes into play when you're trying to persuade somebody is to first and foremost be willing to listen to their concerns and to tailor your messages to their specific concerns.
0: All right. And in the case of this specific vaccine, I have a a mother, grandmother, somebody who may need it in terms of the demographics and the, the vulnerability of the vaccine or the virus. They may need it and are hesitant to get it. Now's where I need to have the information. I need to arm myself with the information that, that I suppose, like a lawyer, build
1: a case. To some extent, that's true. I think, I think, but the the other thing is to, first of all, find out what their primary worries and concerns are. Why are they hesitant about the vaccine? Because I think you want to address their specific concerns. Many people, when they're hesitant to get a vaccine, they are really focused often on, the reactions that they may get from the vaccine. Many people focus on the fact that they'll be maybe a, they'll have a sore arm, they'll have a headache, they'll feel bad a few days after vaccination. And that is often what worries most people. There are some people who are thinking about you know possibility of serious long-term um, adverse events. Those are actually exceptionally rare for all vaccines. And so for many people, if they're trying to avoid Um, feeling bad a few days after vaccination. But you have to get them to understand that if they get infected with COVID-19, they are also very likely to feel bad for more days, and they face the possibility of ending up in a hospital, particularly if they're older or they have an underlying health condition.
0: Yeah. Glenn Nowak at the University of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, listen, unless you're coming out of the Braves bullpen, a sore arm is not going to be an issue for you really in any significant way. Coronavirus be a lot worse, Uh, probably more diplomatic ways to make the point there. But that's the point I'm trying to make, I guess.
1: Yes. I mean, people getting people understand that that if you don't get vaccinated, you're not avoiding risk. You're just taking different risks. And the different risks are significant. You know, like one, you're, you're, you're taking the risk that you won't become infected. And we know that, that many people have become infected, and, and this virus is still very prevalent. You're also assuming that if you do get infected, it, it you won't have a serious course of illness. And, again, that, that's really hard to predict who's going to have a serious course of illness, although we do know the older you are, the more likely you are to have, you know, significant symptoms and, and serious illness. And I think the other thing people need to need to be mindful of is that some of the so-called mild symptoms, such as losing your ability to taste food or to smell, can last for months. And there are some people who six months later have not recovered their sense of taste and smell. And I think they would tell you that that's not actually a mild symptom. That's a symptom that you would want to avoid.
0: Sure. Uh, Again, I'm, I'm intrigued by the resume here. Glenn Nowak, again, a professor now at the Grady College, University of Georgia. Before that, many years at the CDC, including some time as the communications director for the CDC's National Immunization Program. Listen, and you know this, in that job, long before coronavirus was in our vocabulary, there were those people, that segment of the population, religious reasons, other reasons, people have issues with vaccines in general. Uh, How do you make that case? And more to the point, especially when it comes to parents, I I always say, I don't care if you don't want the shot at your kid, though. You're making decisions for your kids. How do we effectively communicate to those folks?
1: Well, one of the good news, the the good news is that for most most people in the United States are are very accepting of vaccines, particularly parents. And so um, many, there are very few children who who are, who are missing all vaccines. Now some parents will will manage the schedule. They'll they'll try to avoid having too many shots at one particular visit. But the main messages typically are to get people to understand that again, if you if you don't get vaccinated or you don't vaccinate your child, that means that your child or you are are susceptible to becoming infected with, with that virus or with with, with that germ and, and if you get it we don't have good treatments for a lot of these vaccine-preventable diseases. In fact, that's why we have vaccines is, is because we often don't have good treatments. We can treat symptoms, but we can't cure vaccine-preventable illnesses. And so the best thing to do is to prevent getting those illnesses in the first place.
0: I'm glenn Grady College of Journalism, University of Georgia Director of UGA Center for Health and Risk Communications. Thanks so much for communicating with us this morning. Thank you.